Welcome to episode six of Getting Real About. Today, we are getting real with three friends, Stacy, Shelby, and Janine, about expectations. They talk about it all, from identity to being a good wife and parent, the good, the bad, what to let go of, and what to learn from. All right, ladies, let's get real. Hi, welcome to today's podcast. Today, we are getting real about expectations for women that are brought on by society, our culture, um, as a mom, wife, sister, friend, daughter, workplace, all of the above. Uh, I am Stacy Philpot, and I am the family pastor at Gold Creek Community Church. I have four adult children, 27, 24, 21, and 19. I, I hate that I can't I'll just remember off the top of my head. Um, I've been married to my husband for 12 and a half years now. We have a blended family. And I am here with two of my closest friends, Shelby and Janine, and I'm going to have them share a little bit about their families. Janine? I have a husband. I've been married for 26 years, and we dated for eight prior to that. So add that in. And then I have a 22-year-old daughter and a 21-year-old son. And if that sounds crazy close, it is. So (laughs) it's all good now. Is that... Considered Irish twins? Are, Irish are they, twins. Are they Absolutely. To be? Okay. Yeah. Anything within 24 months, I think it is. And it's yeah. like, oh, be careful what you pray for. So. <laughs> and Shelby? Um, so I've uh, been married for almost 20 years and I have three children. I have a 17-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son and an almost 13-year-old son. And uh, my husband and I also were together for eight years. Oh, prior. Wow. And a funny thing about Irish twins, my dad and his brother are nine months and 23 days apart oh just sit on that for a second my I brother can't. and sister are 11 months apart and oh this might be a little bit i don't know that my mom will be listening but she had <laughs> in for a check-in after my sister was born and you know she's like oh yeah how's how are you know things going and they're like yeah you're pregnant Wait, what? <laughs> yeah i can't even imagine and that was her third that was her third. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, she probably cried a little bit. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. just three of you, right? That was she was done. Yeah. Done. Geez, yeah. Someone's getting fixed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, uh, we are very close friends, the three of us. And but we met kind of in different ways. So mm-hmm. Janine's son, Andrew and my son, Blake, have been best friends for many years. And so I think just after enough drop offs and pickups we're finally like okay why don't we just hang out like you want to just hang out and then our husbands became very close friends we vacation together Um, we literally do life together which is so much fun Um, and then Shelby and I have known each other through church and um, my first get together experience that I remember with you was the Blake Shelton concert which was a ton of fun yeah I know that was but the first time I met you, uh, or I remember meeting you, was uh, MOPS, which is Moms of Preschoolers at uh, Gold Creek Church Woodhouse. Um, you came up to talk, and you were all put together. And because your kids obviously are older than mine, but you know, I had little kids and was a mess. And she was all cute, and she always had high heels on and these boots that these heels went on forever. And it was like, oh, so you're saying there's hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might, I might get a boots. shower. Yeah. I might end up maybe I don't though, because I still can't walk in heels like Stacy can. I probably showered more then now than I do now, but that's you know, who knows yeah. why. Um 
I remember speaking at Mops that day and it was all about the friendships of women. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I believe that we have a podcast about that coming up another time, but that is such an important thing to me. So I appreciate both of you as dear friends in my life. And um, so it'll be fun to talk about expectations and how we feel about different parts. So let's just start as a mom. We're all moms. And I know that it changes throughout the years, but what expectations do you feel your kids and even your husband have on you as a mom right now in your current state with the ages that they are? Well, for mine, I have 21 and 22. None. They're not home anymore. They're out and about. They do their own thing. But they do live at home. They do live at home. And you'd still think they would, you know, I don't do their laundry. Um, if I do cook a meal, it's like a big deal. I have to text everyone who's coming home. This is what I'm making. And it's gotta be a good dish. Or they'll be like, oh no, we're going to eat out here tonight. Or someone else has invited us out. And so it's like, so I try to, if I do it, I got to go big or just not even try because they're not going to come. So, but for the most time, if I don't feel like cooking, I just don't. My husband still has to eat and we, you know. Yes. It's not like he's second string, but, but he, he, is. he got to be. Yeah. yeah. It is a def- different meal plan for mm-hmm. the family than it is for just the two of you. Yeah. Um, you are super handy. You have helped my husband and I out with different projects. So I imagine that your kids still come to you if they need help in any sort of. That's things. about the only time they come to me if they need help. So my daughter's more emotional stuff. Like she'll call and say, I need to talk to you about this or this bothered me at work or this, you know, whatever, but not often. Mm -hmm. But my son, like today, he was out spending the night at Buddy's house and he's got this new e-bike and he rides it literally 20 miles a day. He can't get enough of it. And he comes in today and his tire's flat. Mom, my tire's flat. What do you need? What do we need to do? And I said, well, it probably has a tube in it, I'm guessing. But if not, let's just go take it out to the garage, pump it up, see if we can do that. If not, take it to a bike shop. I mean, this expensive bike, you've got to take care of it. Uh Okay. Okay. And he goes to bed. Because you're going to do it. I got somewhere to be, buddy, you know, so. <laughs> Did you fix it? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. Still sitting girl. in the living room, right, where he left it. And, he, and I'm like, where'd he go? I'm like, oh, he was right here. And yeah, so. That is funny. So do you know yet what the problem is with the bike? Now I'm curious what's wrong with the bike. Well, the tire's Tire. flat. Okay. And he had to walk at home all the way from Safeway. So that was a bummer. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. I'm just, Okay. That'll be a part two. We'll have to fill yeah, in. Yeah. Did he get his bike up and running? <laughs> exactly. Shelby, what about you? You've got younger kids. Yes. So when she's talking about, they don't really need anything. I was like, dang it. Because <laughs> my kids need something all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, when they're little and you're like, would lock yourself in the bathroom or your car or mm-hmm. maybe you guys didn't, but I did. Oh, yeah. um, and now it's, I still kind of do that. Like I'll hear them while they'll be like, mom. And I'll be like, I'll just pretend like that you can't hear them. <laughs> right. Well, they do the same thing. Oh, let's be honest. But it's always something like, where's my stuff? Where's my belt? Where's my cup? Mm-hmm. All kinds of things. Like, I don't mm-hmm. wear your cup. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> wear you your clothes. <laughs> I don't know where your stuff but is. I have a feeling you probably do know. I do know, know where it is. That's <laughs> exactly. the sick thing. Yeah. Yes. Because like, you saw it dropped on the floor. floor like, when they just Yeah. When they disrobed in front of. Yeah. And everyone in my house seems like it's okay to walk around in underwear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where I'm always like, no, no, please don't. <laughs> Put some clothes Put on. Put some clothes on. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as Janine, where my kids are all adults. My daughter's actually married and expecting her first child. 
And she has, my son-in-law is amazing. He takes very good care of her. And that's the dream, right? That they're Mm going to move and somebody else will take care of them. And so um, (laughs) my boys, so our oldest, Taylor, he um, has his own place down in Seattle. But then Blake and Ethan, 21 and 19, they still live at home. They're gone a lot. But when they are home, I definitely feel the expectation of, making sure that there's food in the pantry, in the Mm. fridge as they go and look and they're like, mom, there's no food. And what they mean by that is there's no instant gratification Mm -hmm. food. They might have to prepare a sandwich. Right. That's too much. Right. God forbid. They might have to make, cut something up or yeah, that would be hard. That would be hard. Um, That sounds a little condescending towards my children, but I'm just, yeah, getting real. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, the truth hurts. It is amazing the things that they can do, but then on some of the things where you think, "Come on, you can do that." Yes. Like I don't need because my kids all the time. I mean, ugh, one of them is just God bless him. He's can he can get me to do anything, which and I don't even realize. I was like, "Well played," as I'm making him a sandwich or mm-hmm. folding his laundry, you know. And it's like, how did I get here? Well, and they can be just charmers. Those boys. Oh, my yeah. son. Yes, mom, you make the best sandwich. You put the. The, the mustard on the one side and the mayo on the other and you have the the meat on the right side and the cheese on the right side and just you know the lettuce in the middle it's just everything you do oh is just God. such a better tasting sandwich <laughs> when you make it if i make it it's just not as good i'm like oh yeah okay, all right. all right, okay. i do make okay. a good yeah, i do make a good sandwich <laughs> i remember hearing from somebody once that like anything is better when somebody else prepares it for you Absolutely. even yeah. a bowl of cereal Mm-hmm. And tastes better if mm-hmm. somebody else has made the effort. And it's like, oh, and serve, especially if they've served, <laughs> served it. it. You. That's, that's it. That's yes. Right. Um, I know we've talked about this before, but I have um, this amazing cousin that um, I get lots of fun ideas from, but she provides meals like beyond it. She is a walking Pinterest. And um, her 16 year old son, I mean, oh my goodness, it's just amazing what she does for him. And I think, oh my gosh, his poor wife. Yeah. She's really setting. This- Unless he marries some Martha Stewart right. kind of gal or yeah. some real go getter. She's. So that's she what puts I'm us thinking. All to shame. Yeah, I'm I kind don't... of lowering my expect, my, what standards. I do, my standards mm. to help out my son's future, future wife. There's strategy in that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's, I think it's they'll... a full game plan of like keeping <laughs> exactly. the expectation. I keep the expectations <laughs> so low <laughs> that you will only go above. That's yeah. you know right. I mean? Someone can only do better. You can our, only our do better. Our future daughter-in-laws will be thanking us. Yeah. They'll be mm-hmm. like, see, I'm so much better than your mom. Yeah. Right. right? They're going to want to leave the house. Don't we want them to eventually leave? Leave. Well, mm-hmm. speaking right? of expectations, that is something that does come about every now and then as a wife, um, where, you know, we can hear our husband say, well, my mom does it like this, or oh. my mom, you know, mm-hmm. did it this way. Or, or are these people still married? Are, are... <laughs> just curious. Well, I yes, I am still married. <laughs> I may have heard this a time or two about a couple of different things. Well, we're supposed to have this after Christmas. Traditions, I think, play mm-hmm. a huge factor. So, yeah, as a wife, um, how, yeah expectations as a wife and what does that look like um I'll actually start on that it's that in that role I believe I put on expectations in my mind on myself more than my husband does Mm -hmm. I am harder on myself than he is um he gives me so much grace there are times when I'm like I you know I want you to let's 
communication is great. I want you to tell me, you know, um, more, more of your needs that I can help you with. Um, because otherwise I just speculate Mm -hmm. and assume, and I can really beat myself up about just how I am as a wife. Mm -hmm. What about either one of you? Um, yeah, I think for me, I didn't go to college for four years. I didn't do that whole thing. So I don't have this big career that I left kids to go, you know, and then to go back to. So for me, it's always been, well, you don't have a full-time job. In my mind, this is me talking, mm-hmm. not, not my husband. I don't have a full-time job. Um, am, I, am I participating in the family? Am I bringing in money? He wants to retire someday. And there's always these burdens that you feel. And there's, you know, you're talking about it. So like, I always take it as he's talking to me, like, he goes like, hey, I want to retire in five years. I'm yeah. like, okay, oh, what am I going to do for that, right? I mean, I, okay, that's good, you know, cheer him on. But if I'm not participating to the fund, mm-hmm. how is that going to happen? So I think when being self-employed, you know, like I do handy woman stuff for all sorts of people, yeah. which I love and it picks up and it gets really busy. And then I come home sore and then I hear, well, you can't do this. This is too hard on your body. You, sh- I don't know what you're doing. Why did you think you can do that? And I'm just like, oh. This is what I do. Yeah. I'm not going to go back and be the, you know, assistant to somebody again. That's just like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. But so I think for me, yeah, it's definitely in my head. And I, I will literally now we'll have this conversation. Do you want me to stop doing this? And what do you want me to do? Because yeah. I'm like, just tell me at this point, because I'm kind of feeling like I'm drowning both ways. And and you're wanting to do your part. To, I am. I yeah. want to feel like I'm c- contributing mm-hmm. to the budget yes. and to everything else. And we're fine. We, 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 we make Ed's meet. We're able to save and go on vacation. So I can't say, you know, we're not dead in the water, yeah. but it's at the same time. This is this burden that I put on myself. Like I should be doing more. I could be doing more. What does that even look like? But no, I think that's a great example of something yeah. that you've put on yourself and that he isn't no. necessarily. In fact, he's concerned about you at times when you are working so much. Right. Right. But yeah. I feel like, well, that's what I have to do sometimes mm-hmm. to get the job done. And then I do take care of myself. I, I used to not do this, but now I'm like, okay, tomorrow's my down day. And a down day is a real down day. I sleep in. I really sleep. She in. loves I do my, her I, sleep. I, I need my sleep. Yeah. So but you also I, are a night owl and stay up ridiculously late and you are productive at night. I am. I am. And so I'm just different than the average mama, I guess. Right. So while the other moms are asleep, I'd step up 2am when my kids are in bed and like, Oh, this is my quiet time. I can put some crown molding up. I can paint a room. I can put some crown molding up. Put in some new faucets. How much time do I got? I'm like, okay. Her family wakes up. There's all new lighting. I know. I'm like, where are these new seats come from? Yeah. Whose house is this? Mom. That's so great. Well, Shelby, so other than, you know, just being husband and wife, you and your husband actually work together in, in some elements. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's interesting. Um, <laughs> well, no, cause I started off as a, I mean, like I was a physical therapist. Oh, I, I mean, I am still, I mean, I still, I still have a license, um, but I don't do that as much. And that was hard. That was the hardest expectation that I put on. I don't even know if it was anything that I really felt from my husband, but it was, it was hard because I went to school for so long forever and then was doing this. And then I, I, but we always knew we wanted to have a family and then it just, I couldn't work full time and have a family. Um, and it just didn't work. And so it was that expectation that I put on myself of like, well, what are you doing? You went to Mm -hmm. school for this forever. And like, just staying home, like 
how are you contributing financially? Because at the time, my husband's business was growing. And mm-hmm. so we kind of needed mm-hmm. both of our incomes. And and then it was like, okay, now when we had, we just kept having children. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I was always pregnant, it felt like. Um, and so, yeah, and, and then it was just hard too, just to be like, because I wrapped up a lot of my identity in that. And mm-hmm. so when I kind of started teetering off of that, it kind of felt like, well, what exactly, who am I? Like, I don't even know who I am anymore mm-hmm. because I didn't know what to do with myself. But yet I had all these things I had to do too. So it was the expectations of like, well, you're going to wear this hat at home and do all the home stuff, all the kids stuff, but you should probably still work and keep your hands in the, in your, in your uh, profession. And then my husband had me helping with his business, which now I do more of that. Um, but that took a long time to transition and to figure that out. Well, and that, you know, one of the questions I have is um, identity and expectations mm-hmm. and how they can go hand in hand. And so much. where does your identity come from? What defines you? Um, I can remember when my kids were young and there was a period of time for about five years, I was a single mom. And when the, those kids are young and we all have been there, but I literally felt like I was just the kids' mom and my husband's wife. That's all that Stacy was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was at home with them for seven years and which I'm, I'm so grateful that I had that time with them, but I did kind of feel a little lost in where, what happened to Stacy? Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved, um, I I've always been pretty confident, um, and creative and I l- loved my high school and college years and, um, even young adult, I got married pretty young though at 22. And so it did quickly shift and I wanted to be a mom and a wife. I just didn't realize that during those early years, it was, that's all I really was going to feel like. And I kind of lost myself mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so I try to encourage young moms because it is such an easy thing to fall into that mm-hmm. this and I know we all hear, oh, just enjoy this time. Right. And, it's a season. Right. <laughs> but you will kind of get to the point like where you're saying, well, oh, gosh, I, does, do my kids even need me anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about what about you as far as identity, Janine? Um, where does your identity come from now? And any insight for people listening? Well, I would say any more that. I did. I went through that same thing with my kids. It's like all I wanted to be was a mom and stay home and finally had my kids 15 months apart. So it was like boot camp for two years. It was just in the trenches every single day. Diapers, feeding, go to bed. Diapers, feeding, go to bed. (laughs) Groundhog day. Yeah. It's groundhog day. It goes over and over. And I think at some point you hit a rock bottom. Like I I can't do this every day. I have to change it up Mm -hmm. somehow. So you finally will go find your people, you joined a a mops group or Mm -hmm. a a church group or just a play group of any kind, just to get out and just have some kind of adult time. And I think when you do that, you, you, you find commonalities. You're not just talking about your kids all the time. You can say, what did you do before this? And what do you want to do after? And you Mm -hmm. start to dream again. And so, yeah, there's that. And, And I think now I've gone through a bunch of different Bible studies. And so now when I feel like I'm in this rut or like, okay, what am I doing with my life or where am I going now? It's like, I pray and I just ask God, okay, what, mm-hmm. what's next for me? Cause I'm kind of at the standstill. I'm at this cross point again. I can do this. I can keep doing this, but if there's something else you'd rather me doing. 
and the Bible study Shelby that we used to go to, the Nancy's. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite thing was, is God is always at work. Like he's never stopping just because mm -hmm. I am doesn't mean he is. Right. And if you pray and you ask God to insert you into whatever's going on around you that you need to be a part of, it's amazing how fast doors start opening, people start calling, you start noticing emails from anybody mm -hmm. who needs help and you can just jump in and change that. So anymore, my identity is wrapped around what is, what's my next goal? What's my next, who, who needs me next? Yes. You know, and then I'm looking for that and, and keeping my eyes open and being kind of versatile to where, where I'm going to be led, I guess. Well, and I love, you said right at the beginning of that, of finding your people. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was important. just having a conversation with um, a new couple that started coming to Gold Creek Church and um, they were, they were wanting to get plugged in. And that can be so intimidating yep. for people to find different ways, whether it's a mops group, um, whether it's your church or um, a mom's play group somewhere. But I just told them, you know, yes, try, we here at Gold Creek, we have so many great groups to get connected with, but I know that I have tried different ones and, you know, you don't always vibe with, no. you know, all everybody out there and, and you're thinking, okay, these people are kind of weird or maybe <laughs> I'm the weird one yes. and this is normal and ones. I'm not vibing with normal. <laughs> that could very well be the case. But I just told them, don't yeah. give up. You will right. find your people. Yeah. And Janine, you are so good. I've heard you talk about it before that you know, don't just sit around and wait to be invited to things either. Like mm -mm. take the initiative. And I know that that could be easier for some than others, mm -hmm. but taking the initiative like, oh, hey, you're doing that. Um, Well, could I come, come along? And if you can't, okay. I mean, you might have to have a little bit of tough skin. It's not a personal thing. Like, well, no, we've, you know. Right. They don't but, have enough room for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends was saying, we were talking about this the other day and I said, well, well, if I'm not invited to a party, you know what I just do? I throw my own right. and then they're going to wish they came to mine. Yeah. So that, that happens too. You know, it's like, oh shoot, she's throwing a party the same day. Oh, bummer. I just stalk people really hard. Yeah. Figure out where they are, what they're doing. Where they at. A little bit of creepy. And they just happen to show up. I know. Oh, I think Shelby's got like all of us on Life 360 right. and we don't know it. We don't uh -huh. know. You got trackers under your cars. <laughs> Funny seeing you here. That's weird. Hey, if I want to find people, I'll that find them. That explains so much. It does, doesn't it? Although I have a gate and I don't let anybody come in. Yeah, she literally does. Have a gate. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. But she gives the code out to everybody. I, so. I do, so it's whatever. Um, anything else, Shelby, on identity and, and oh. like where where does, you know, you mentioned earlier, you're kind of everything to everyone in your mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. So where, and you're not doing the physical um, therapy work as much. Yeah. And you are working with and for your husband. So where does your identity come from right now? I say that almost like, <laughs> I'm like, who, who are you? you? Who are you? <laughs> Same question I ask myself every day when I wake up. <laughs> who are you today? That might just be like split personality, but um, no. And that's the hardest thing I think is the identity is just figuring out who you are at any given season of life. And it's, the one thing that I always go back to is my faith because that's the one constant of always is who I am in Christ. Who, who does God say that I am? Mm -hmm. And that's really what matters because in every season of life, I'm somebody's mom, I'm somebody's wife, I'm somebody's friend, I'm somebody's employee. Mm -hmm. I'm the crazy lady that stalks people. I mean, you know what I mean? There's, I have an identity for everything, but 
And then within that, there's expectations of everything, you know, and a lot of them I put on myself. Am I being a good mom? No. (laughs) You are too. (laughs) You have amazing children. I fall short all the time. And if you don't, you just ask my kids. But it's (laughs) one of those things where it's like, the reality is, is that we are always going to fall short. Mm -hmm. And so in every aspect, and I'm telling you, Social media is the devil because if you want to see, if you want to fall short, just get on Instagram for a while and be like instant loser status, instant loser Mm -hmm. status. Yeah. Where it's like, wow, I really need to up my game because, you know, people post and this, I'm not trying to bag on anybody who posts anything. You know what I mean? I just need to get more hobbies apparently. (laughs) But, you know, and it's like, oh, everyone's life is just so great. So you put these unrealistic expectations on yourself where you're like, wow, my kids don't get along like that my, you know, my marriage doesn't look Mm -hmm. like that. My house definitely doesn't look like that. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. And so you feel like that you have something, you have this bar that you have to meet in some, you know, Mm -hmm. form or fashion. When in reality, that's the highlight reel. You know what I mean? That's what I keep having to tell myself. And it's like, I mean, of course, nobody wants to see the crazy, you know what I mean? Like that happens at my house. That is so true. You know, and, and then, you know, when people do put out a, a real, um, like a getting real, a, a vulnerable post, it oh, is everybody often, has an opinion. Well, they've got an opinion. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, did you see what so-and-so post? Like, this is just not appropriate. There's a time yeah. and a place. So I, I actually think that we all put out the expectation of, we just want to see fun and feel good right. on social media, yeah. which, you know, I do enjoy seeing that, but it is easy to think, oh my goodness, they are just so mm-hmm. amazing. They've got it all together, but we aren't seeing right the behind the scenes. And I think so much of that then comes back. If you know who you are and you, ha- you know where your worth is. And like I said, that comes back to my mm-hmm. faith that I know who I am because God tells me who I am. Yes. And it's not defined by what social media says. It's not defined by what my kids think. It's not defined by what my husband says or thinks it's defined by what he thinks. And Absolutely. I always, you know, tell my daughter, like, you know, cause she, she's at that age where she's, mm-hmm. you know, really influenced by social media. I say at that age, cause I'm 44 and I'm influenced by that. So it's, you know, it's <laughs> for all people at all times, I guess. Um, but it's like, if, you know, if, if it didn't come, if it didn't come from God, it doesn't matter. Cause mm-hmm. that's the only person that you're really, whose opinion matters. Right. But we do have to keep that in front of us at all times because it is easy to get lost in the other. But absolutely, I agree. Just knowing what your worth is um, because our identity does change throughout the years, Mm -hmm. but that is the one constant. So Mm -hmm. I love that. You explained that very well, I thought. Um, So again, on expectations, I feel like we've been talking a lot about, you know, kind of the funny expectations the the oh my gosh the exhausting the i'm i'm everything or my kids don't need me but what are some of some good expectations that maybe you have for yourself or you feel that your family or friends have of you i would say um growing up so this is an expectation i think that came from my family and it just kind of follows with you mm-hmm. so when we're little we had to do all kinds of work. Like we were hauling wood and packing wood. And just, I just remember wood. You oppressed children. Well, we had three sisters and my dad wanted boys. So <laughs> we were busy. We were always doing something physical. And, you know, sometimes we would do a stack of wood and dad didn't like it. And he'd just tumble it over and say, start again. Because oh. it just did a good, bad job. Because nice. <clears throat> it wouldn't stay. 
And he would always say, and it just still sticks with me. And I still tell my kids this, I tell myself this, like, don't do something unless you're going to do it right. Like, don't even start it. Don't even imagine it in your head. If you're not going to, if you're going to start a project, don't even do it if you're not going to finish through and do it right. So just that expectation mm-hmm. is always in my head. And I think it's a positive one. It's good. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it can be burdensome. Burdensome Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well. I can't be, per-. then you put that per- perfectionism sometimes right. where you're like, oh, that's, that's not quite good enough. Or yeah, that's exactly. not quite just right. Right. But at least if you're going into it, and you're like, if I'm going to commit to this, yeah, I'm going to do, do the whole thing. So like our kids, you know, oh, I don't want to play soccer. It's just a lot of running. Well, yeah. <laughs> So you wanted to play, buddy. Yes, it is. You're going to finish through. So we'd make them finish through. So that mm-hmm. was kind of the thing we were like, you don't just get to start something. Yes. And if it doesn't work out exactly the way you want it, no, you're going to follow through and yeah, mm-hmm. you'll be sore mm-hmm. and you may you never play soccer again, which he didn't, <laughs> but at least he did the one year. And mm-hmm. so. And, and he started and finished it. He yes. started and finished yep. it. Exactly. No, that's great. So um, that makes me think of work ethic is a huge thing in mm-hmm. my family, mm-hmm. from my parents. Um, and that was very much instilled in me. And so I definitely put that on myself as well, which I am so grateful for mm-hmm. because then that's been an important thing for me to put on with for my children. Um, and I really, I don't know if this is an expectation at all, but um, I really care about what my parents think of me. And I, not in an insecure, not in a um, afraid to do anything, but it matters to me that they are proud Absolutely. of me. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was an incredible, strong Christian woman. And if I was not making great choices in my life, I didn't go see her during that time in my life. I would try, I'd kind of avoid her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like when I saw her, she was condemning or, you know, how are you doing, Stacy? No, she was still very loving. It was my own personal convictions. Yep. And so just the expect expectations to do right. And, and when I mess up and I feel like through the years, we do get better about this and I have gotten better about this, but accepting accountability for when I mess up, apologizing mm-hmm. for when I mess up. And that's something that I hope that my kids are learning. I, I think that, that, you know, I've seen a little bit of the fruits of that at times, but not always. And, and accountability and accepting responsibility, I think is a huge thing. And, and I feel like I try to own that. Yeah. Shelby, yeah. what about you? No, there's so many, so many good things. Work ethic is obviously huge mm-hmm. at our house, especially, I mean, my husband is like, <laughs> he can't sit still. So he's got like adult ADD, I think. And he just, you know what I mean? So everything is about being productive. And, and so that's good and bad because I love me a good, you know, to-do list and being productive, but yep. it sometimes check, it check. can be hard mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I, I feel like I it wasn't very productive today. So that. I don't feel like I did anything, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever, but, but yeah, the, the work ethic thing is, I mean, right now as I'm kind of laughing as you were talking about like splitting wood and stuff, because literally when I left, that was my kids are splitting wood right now, oh. all three of them. Oh. And I'm thinking that is not good to have that many people with axes and mallets that close together. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's going to look like when I get home, but I'm hoping all the wood will be split. But, and, all, um, and all the limbs are still Right, there. right. I know. It's funny because I came and I was like, what are you guys wearing? Because of course... Shorts and flip flops. Yeah, no, my, yeah. my husband was like, you all have to have like steel tip boots on. Well, 
the only one who has steel tip or steel toe shoes is my husband. So I've got two say, boys that's... and a girl wearing her, their dad's shoes. <laughs> I'm like, what? what is going on here? Um, I, I'm hoping you took a picture. I well, no, because they were like, mom, get out of here. You know, because I was like, what's going on? Um, but it, I, I don't even I'm digressing here. But um, but yeah, the work ethic thing is a, is a huge expectation that, you know, we've hopefully put on our kids because the whole goal of raising children, I mean, is that hopefully at one point we, they become productive members of society, right? Yes. <laughs> we yes. want them in, in our family, you know, it's always know who you are, know who, and who you represent, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, have a good sense of self and then know who you represent. Not only do you represent Christ when you leave this house, but you represent our family. Mm-hmm. So do not do anything to bring, <laughs> to disparage yes. either one, please. Yeah. Um, and so, and that does include like going above and beyond, you know, doing extra, doing what is right. You know, we always try to tell people leave things better, leave things better than how you found them. Yeah. Um, every person that you encounter, like let them come away feeling better about themselves and their encounter with you. Um, and it doesn't always happen. I mean, these are like lofty goals, mm-hmm. um, but you know, we try. Um, going back to kind of just um, the identity and workplace, it made me think of um, in so many places, including church where I work, it's kind of a a young man's world, a young man's game in, in different ways. We want to represent the young um, and, you know, of course, recruit the young. And sometimes it's hard for me being I'm 48 and going back to, you know, our kids are adult children. And so I'm not needed as a mom. And so I'm feeling like, okay, I can, I can do more with my work, which I love. I love my job. And okay, I, I don't feel that I'm done yet. And, um, but, but yet we want, we want the young, we, um, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but I'm just kind of at times feel like, don't give up on me. I, I, I feel like God has so much left for me to do. And I think that there's a lot of people and even elderly that can give. And we put the expectations on a lot of people, older people, Mm -hmm. um, 50 and older, I'd probably say where it's like, well, no, we can, they have wisdom. They still want to work. Mm-hmm. They still can do so much. And yet we kind of look to the young to lead us in a lot of different ways. Does that make sense? I yeah. don't look to my young to lead me. <laughs> just kidding. No, no, give me the no, old no, folks no. every day. Yeah. No, well, just because my kids are st- at that age, like your kids have more wisdom where mine, I'm like. Mm. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, the young, like, the, the, not my young. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the 20s, the 30 year olds, mm-hmm. um, I do feel that often. We are, you know, my husband's job, he often is feeling like, okay, they're just, you know, when are they going to want to replace me with somebody younger that can be there then longer? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that happens in a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, it just made me think of the identity and. But there's so much to offer as an older. I mean, I just think about the people that I come in contact with and and I kind of gravitate towards older people. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like every, every group I've been in, I like look for the old people. I mean, I also like to knit and garden. So I'm kind of one of their people. A little bit of um, an old soul. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but it's like, I can't believe how much, I mean, every time I'm like, tell me, give me some wisdom because they've been through so much. They recognize like, that's just a blip. That's just mm-hmm. a season. You will get through this. And the perspective that they have and the resiliency that they have is I just don't have all that yet because I haven't had all the experiences. And so 
Well, and the grace, I feel like uh, I look at my parents who are seventies um, and the grace that they have, the filter that they look at things through, like, well, honey, you don't know what they're going through mm-hmm. or, you know, they've seen already the mess ups of so themselves and so many people. And to have that wisdom and, and again, just that grace towards other people, mm-hmm. I wish that we could have that a little bit sooner, but it does come mm-hmm. with just living mm-hmm. life. And well, and I think as you get older, you also then impart that on yourself. Yes. Like we were saying, we're so hard on ourselves and we have these huge lofty expectations. But as you get older and you've been through more things and you're like, I've survived this, I've survived that, I've gotten through this. And so you do have a lot more grace and understanding for yourself. And you recognize you're like, yeah, I'm going to mess up. Yeah. My house is a mess. Ah, That, you know, was terrible. You kind of start giving up things that were important or you thought were important. Mm -hmm. And now they're not important anymore. And coming into this, I was thinking, so what, where is it that you, in your life where all of a sudden these expectations can disappear in an instant mm-hmm. and it's an emergency, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is your kids in the hospital. I don't have to make dinner tonight. That doesn't matter. Nothing else matters, but taking care of this kid or, mm-hmm. you know, a loved one or a friend or anyone that's in crisis, all of a sudden your expectations are just gone out the door. There's yes. nothing and else perspective matters. Perspective of what matters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Your perspective. And when, when it's focused, like laser focused, so many things can get just, whew, washed away and you don't have to think about them, worry about them. And they just don't even creep into your head because you have so much more on your plate. That's really important. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so much of it anymore is, is your relationships with people. You realize if I don't have relationships, Mm -hmm. I have nothing to look forward to tomorrow, but these dishes and this, you know, they will be there tomorrow. They will be there. (laughs) And the next day. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I think that's great. In fact, I, I feel like that's a great way to kind of wrap this up of just encouraging anybody that is listening to this. Um, We, we all have different expectations that we put on ourselves that we receive from other people. Um, I think kind of the core foundation from this, I gather is, you know, having a relationship with Christ, which we all identify is so incredibly important, but having a relationship with other people that can, kind of help you to walk through those times that you're feeling rough on yourself or just a hard time. So anybody listening, I'm just going to put a challenge out right now that you reach out to somebody right now, whether it's, Hey, let's go get coffee. Somebody that you've been meaning to call. Maybe it's a group that you've been meaning to connect with, but it's easy to procrastinate and put off that you actually do it this time. And, uh, I, I would love to hear some feedback back if, if anybody does try it and how it works, because those kind of stories help encourage one another. Um, thank you again for joining us today. We do have another podcast coming up, which will air Wednesday, August 25th. And that one is all about getting real about the empty nest. I dream about this. Oh, I mean, wow. we're so close. So close. Don't Yet so good. far away. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. She'll be there never going to leave your house. Because I'm just that awesome. I want to stay forever. Mm -hmm. Make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast platform and um, you will be notified when new episodes air. Thank you. 